0: to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast, recorded live at the semi-private Geneva National Resort and Club, home to three legendary courses by Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, and Lee Trevino. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport from Melgus Real Estate. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. The sun is shining, the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. With us today are two of the most motivated young men I have ever had the pleasure of meeting, Harry the IV and Finn Rowe. They are members of the U.S. sailing team competing to secure a spot on the 2020 U.S. Olympic team headed for Tokyo. They recently finished their six-week European tour where they competed in World Cup events, trained with the Dutch sailing team in the Netherlands, then went to Germany to sail in another World Cup event. They're now training in Long Beach, California with the rest of the U.S. sailing team. And guess what? They are only 18 years old. Also with us today is Suzanne Melgis, who, as the mother of Harry, can give us her perspective as an up-close spectator from day one of this journey, and of course, one of their biggest fans. Welcome, everyone. So I'm thinking back to what I was doing the summer after I graduated high school, and I have to say I'm feeling quite subpar next to you two. At your young age, you've had experiences that most people never get to have in a lifetime. So just wondering, how did you get here to this point? Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, how you started sailing, when you fell in love with sailing, when you knew it was more than just a hobby? Maybe Harry, will start with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, just, it took us a goal set in mind. We had a goal set. Uh, four or five years ago, and then it just took a lot, a lot of work, just hours and hours of sailing and working out and doing all kinds of things that correlate to our goal. And We've gotten this far, and we're determined to keep going. So,
0: How old were you when you first got on a sailboat?
1: I don't even know. Probably (laughs) two years old, maybe.
0: And then when did you actually start competitive sailing? When was it? more than just for fun
1: i didn't really get into competitive sailing seriously until i was about 12 years old Uh, before that i was just having fun with sailing and trying to enjoy it
0: and you still enjoy it right
1: yeah definitely
0: (laughs) it's just a little more serious now the stakes are a little bit higher right yeah and how about you finn when did you start sailing
2: oh i probably around the age of five or six because my dad was always sailing on bigger boats so i would hop on with him sometimes And then from there, I started sailing with my older brother in two-handed boats. And then I started steering my own boat. And then I got asked to sail with Harry and went from there. And we had the goal set in mind. And yeah, now we're here.
0: And what boat did you start sailing on together?
2: Uh, 29er and East Gow. We started sailing together on an East Cow, which is like a four-man crew.
0: And can you friend kind of explain what that is to those of us who know very little about sailing? What is a 29 er what are you sailing on now? What is an East scow
2: So an East scow is like a 28 foot boat that actually Harry's company makes Melgus and a lot of people sail them here on Lake Geneva and they've been around forever and that's just kind of a boat where like younger kids can hop on and crew in the fourth position, which you can just be as extra weight and kind of get to know what sailing is and fall in love with the sport. And then the 29er is kind of the lead up boat for the 49er for junior kids, anywhere from 14 to 17, depending on your weight. If you get too big, then you have to go to the 49er. And so we sailed, Harry and I sailed that for a while until we got too big. We did one world championship in Long Beach, California in the 29er. And then after that, we got into the 49er.
0: And that's what you're you're sailing now Mm -hmm. and hoping to make the Olympics. Yes. Pretty exciting. Now, he mentioned Melgus Boats, Harry. Can you tell yeah. us? You have a bit of history in your family for sailings and sailing and sailboats. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yeah, Melgus Boatworks, my great grandfather started in 1945 and didn't start out as sailboats, it started out as duck boats. And then eventually, I think they had a passion for sailing, so they turned into sailboats and it's been running ever since and growing. and I've feel very lucky to be part of that family, especially because I'm a big sailor now, uh, r- really helps me if I have the tooling and the resources I can get from the Melgus bulwarks
0: So your father's running the company now. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about the accomplishments of your grandfather, because you see the history of Buddy Melgus all over Lake Geneva and the Lake Geneva Museum. You'll hear his name on all the boat tours. So tell us why he's so famous in Lake Geneva.
1: Yeah, buddy won two gold or two Olympic medals, one gold, one bronze. He won an America's Cup, multiple world championships, inland championships, national championships, Pan American Games medal. He's really done it all in the sport of sailing. Which is really impressive.
0: And how old is he now? 89. 89. And we have to have him on a future podcast too, to hear his whole story. It's pretty incredible. So, Suzanne, watching your son and your other adopted son, right? <laughs> um, watch Watching them go through this whole journey, watching them make the U.S. sailing team. I mean, what is it like for you to see this? What are you most proud of with these two? It's been a
3: very fun and interesting journey to watch, Um Finn mentioned earlier that they kind of first started sailing together on the e-scow. And when they did that, they ended up sailing, racing in a e-scow blue chip, which was back in 2014, I believe. Um, both these kids were only 14 years old and uh, they, Harry was steering the boat. Finn was crewing with him Um, and it was, this was kind of the event that led to where they are today. Um, at the blue chip, they always have a mystery guest, which is a famous sailor from outside of the scow world, which is what an e-boat is. And, uh, this year in particular, it happened to be Jimmy Spithill who had just won the America's cup with a record situation where he was down I don't know what it was, seven races to one and ended up coming back and dominating and winning it. So it was a huge thrill for them to share the race course with him. And they just, everything was aligned and they, these boys were sailing super well and they ended up winning all six races in that event. And it was a very, very cool thing. And I remember being in the parking lot as we were all leaving that event and these guys being so pumped and they're like, this is what we're doing. We're sailing. That's it. Because both Harry and Finn grew up sailing since they were young um, through our Lake Geneva Sailing School, but they also each had their own passion sports. Harry's was ski racing. Finn's was golfing. Finn's an awesome golfer. He, um, you know, made a varsity golf team as a freshman and had a ton of accomplishments with that. Same with Harry with his skiing. And they both still continue to do those sports today, but really sailing dominated and took over at that point um, after this event. So, yeah, it's been um, amazing to watch. I mean, back at that time, you don't think that you're going to be sitting here at this moment saying, oh, my God, they're on the U.S. sailing team. And trying to get to the Olympics next summer, but it all just kind of unfolded as time went on. And I'm super proud of both of these guys. And the biggest thing I'm proud about is how hard they've worked to make this happen. You know, they've been in high school this whole time um, and where all their other competitors were not. So they had to juggle a lot and make a lot of things, you know, happen, work extra hard to, you know, stay on par with where everybody else was.
0: And in fact, didn't you two graduate early, Finn? Did you? When did yeah. you graduate? And and obviously you couldn't be in a ceremony. So how did you celebrate your graduation?
2: <laughs> yeah, we uh, ended up graduating in January. And uh, we, in order to do that, we had to, or at least I had to take an online class in my first semester and to get enough credits. And yeah, Harry and I were able to accomplish that. And we both graduated early. And yeah, we were unable to go to our graduation, but Harry's mom and my mom still got our cap and gown so they could take some photos of us.
0: And online, there is a picture of, are you wakeboarding? What are you doing? Or surfing in your cap and gown? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's pretty amazing, you know, going through the vigorous training you're going through and still graduating early. I mean, there was some planning involved there. And like Suzanne said, some really, really hard work involved there. Yeah two days
3: before their official graduation, uh, they finished all their credits up in December, I believe. Um, so they didn't go to school for the second half of the year, but when the official graduation came around two days prior, they flew to the Netherlands to train with the Dutch team. So it was kind of sad for them to miss that event, but they were off to way more important things at that point.
0: Right, And it was crucial for them to have that training they've brought so much excitement to Lake Geneva. You see melvis row jackets and sweatshirts and hats, all the gear with all your supporters around town and you're just we're all behind you and cheering for you and it's it, We'll be with you every step of the way. You're already our, our heroes, um, but we'll be with you the rest of this journey, too. But can you tell us a little bit about the the actual race? How long is it? How many other boats are involved? Um, and, you know, how, how are you feeling? Like, do, are you ranking somewhere? Do you know where you are and what your chances are? But Harry, why don't we start with the actual race? How long is it?
1: A, a typical fleet race that would do at a World Championships or really any other regatta will be like a thirty minute race where you sail upwind and then you sail downwind and then you usually do that twice. So you go around the same same course twice, then you finish.
0: So a regatta is not just one race, right? It's a series of races and then somebody wins that series of race. I'm I'm just starting to learn all those, these sailing terms, but is that is that accurate?
1: Yes. Yeah. So sometimes regattas are 12 races, sometimes they're 20 races over the course of seven days. It's the scoring is uh, just like golf. It's a low point scoring system. So if you win a race, you get one point. If you get 20th in a race, you get 20 points and whoever has the lowest points at the end of the regatta wins.
0: And so, and Finn, can you explain kind of the chemistry between the two of you on the boat? I mean, I watched you sail, you know, all your videos online of you sailing in the ocean. I've watched you sail right by me in Lake Geneva, which was really cool to watch. And you two are literally parallel with the water. I mean, I cannot even imagine the strength and endurance involved, but how do you know who does what between the two of you? Do you talk during the race?
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of communication between Harry and I to make sure everything's going well and the boat's going fast and we're going in the right direction. So my job is to trim the mainsail sail wind, which is the bigger bigger sail, and Harry trims the jib, which is in front of the big sail. And, yeah, if, if I'm doing something wrong, uh, Harry will correct me, and if Harry's doing something wrong, I'll correct him. And it's kind of just like a, once we're going together and our communication is good and we're going fast, it's just the, and yes. Yeah, can it's, you it's always hear each the, other? Not yeah. always, but most of the time our heads are right next to each other so we can hear each other pretty well. But sometimes when it's really windy and – the mains ragging and the waves are coming over the bow It's, it's yeah sometimes it's hard to hear each other but
0: it looks really scary watching those videos are there have there been any moments where you were afraid or you just such professionals have been doing this so long that nothing scares you
2: um i mean yes there's definitely some scary moments when i guess in big fleet races when there's boats coming downwind and you're taking down your kite and going around the buoy and there's boats that can't see you with their kites up and they're going 20 miles per hour. You don't know if they see you or not. I mean, that can be kind of a little scary, but most of the time, the guys in the fleet we're racing with are pretty, pretty good racers and they know what they're doing so they can get They're out. They see you and they can get out of the way.
0: And Have you ever had Harry any injuries, either of you over the years?
1: Um, yeah, I've been, the ER three times over our campaign. I don't think Finn's been to the ER once.
0: <laughs> and what for? Did you break something?
1: I <clears throat> almost cut my finger off the first time. Or I sliced my thumb with a knife. That was re- really stupid, but that was like three years ago. Second time, I almost broke my foot because our mass broke when we were sailing in Miami. and Yeah, we crashed pretty hard from that. And then the third time was from a virus I got from eating some bad food. Oh, so
0: yeah. All that traveling to different countries. I imagine that happens. And I know Suzanne told me a funny story. Hopefully you'll repeat about getting into the emergency room. I mean, there are challenges with, you know, when you're not 18 yet and you're traveling around the world without your parents. Right. Right. So when Harry says
3: Finn hasn't been to the ER, that's not true (laughs) because Harry at the time that he almost broke his foot when they had that equipment malfunction, they were going super fast, and all of a sudden their mask just came down. and um, Finn had to actually, well, maybe not this time, but there are times where Finn had to go with Harry to the ER because Harry was still seventeen, and Finn was eighteen because he's about six months older than Harry. And a lot of times they're on their own without their parents or they're down with their uh, coaches and uh, the sailing team and, and we're just not there. So there are there have been challenges because of their ages over time. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when they were 16, they had to go to uh, the East Coast. And logistically, we were trying to think, well, you have to leave super early in the morning because you have to make it there in one day because they're not old enough to book a hotel room. Um, So now that they're 18, we're over the hump a little bit with some of that stuff, but it's just been an interesting and just kind of funny challenge, you know, at times where Finn has to be the guardian of Harry when he's six months older, just to sign papers at the er and and stuff like that so
0: and you didn't have a little fun with that Finn
2: being his guardian you
0: probably
3: could have it was a little
2: fun <laughs> but there are some other times where we i had he needed a guardian or someone to sign a paper for like a regatta in miami and some like the head u.s saline people i'd be like oh i'll sign for him and they would just look at me and say no you're not <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, and what about before the races, do you have any rituals that you do for, for luck or superstitions, things like that?
2: There's a little ritual that actually started with, uh, sailing, uh, on Lake Geneva. A lot of people do it here, but not at any other lakes around uh, the Midwest at, uh, the four, so there's a five minute sequence before the start of a race. And at four minutes, there's a, we fist bump and say, shake and bake.
0: <laughs> Can I call you Ricky Bobby? <laughs> One of my all-time favorite movies, by the way. <laughs> so you talked too about how hard it is, Suzanne. You know some of the challenges with being um, the age that they are. Uh, just looking at your schedule, it's it's pretty mind blowing. And um, and in fact, you wanted to do this podcast early, where most people that are 18 are still sleeping because you've got to get out there and train today. Like every other day, do you have any kind of, um, uh, say normal life? I mean, the life you have is so exciting, but you know, a typical 18 year old life, do you ever have those moments? What's it like to try to keep in touch with your friends here and do things back home here in Lake Geneva, Harry?
1: Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I keep in touch with all my friends I went to high school with, and uh, I don't think it's that hard to be living a normal life. I don't even know like what a normal 18-year-old life is. I'm not sure it's any different from what I'm doing. I feel like a lot of my friends are working all day and have goals in mind. They're not just sitting at home all day.
0: And honestly, that answer just speaks to who, who both of you are and that, Uh, very modest and very mature, Um, incredible to say that you have, you know, you're doing what every other 18-year-old is doing, and I I see what you're saying, but, you know, not many 18-year-olds are on their way to the Olympics, so (laughs) that's pretty special. How about you, Finn? Do you get to to see your friends?
2: Yeah, well, most of the like fun sailing that we have around here in Lake Geneva. So we obviously train every day in our 49er and then we sail e scows and Ace cows during the week and at night. And a lot of our friends actually sail during those weeks on other boats against us. So it's fun. We get to see them after sailing and we get to compete against them out in the race course for fun. So, and then usually during the day, they're all, they're working all day while we're sailing. So it kind of works out nice. And then at night we can't sail. So I guess we can hang out with them at night. That's
0: good. So that's good. So I have to ask you, Harry, I saw a video of you on Facebook on some sailboat that was like raised out of the water a few feet. What was that? (laughs) I've never seen anything like that. Can you explain what that was? And is that part of your training or was that just total fun for you?
1: Uh, That was a foiling moth. So that's an 11 foot boat that is on hydrofoils. So it lifts up out of the water when you're sailing and goes really fast, but it's pretty hard to sail uh it is for fun but i do think it's very good for your 49er sailing i think it correlates a lot with feeling the boat and how um accurate you have to be with everything you're doing on the boat which i can bring that into my 49er sailing
0: what is your schedule from here until the olympics which you're going to which you're going to go to
1: (laughs) so we are going to the Big Inland Championship, which is a regatta, and pretty much involves all the Midwest states, and it's a sailing regatta. We sail scows up there. It's in Lake Winnebago. That's all next week, and then we come home for two weeks, and then we're going to Lake Muskegon in Michigan for the East Scout Nationals. And then right from there, we're going to drive to uh, Newport, Rhode Island, to do training there, and we'll be on the East Coast from September 8th to October 6th. And we'll be training and doing a couple of regattas between Newport, Rhode Island and Oyster Bay, New York.
3: Well, after um, <clears throat> all of the local events they're doing here and then going to the East Coast what Harry was talking about in Newport, the two critical events that are coming up, the first in November, which is in Geelong, Australia, and then the second is in New Zealand, which is in February. Those are both Uh, world championship events. that, And those two events will determine which U.S. boat ends up going to the Olympics next summer. So the boys will be spending a lot of time down in the southern hemisphere to get used to the waters and train and work with coaches because every time you go to a new spot, they kind of have to get a feel for the currents and the wind and the weather patterns and, you know, just train on that body of water. So that is going to be the big, big culmination of all of this is going to be down in Australia
0: and New Zealand later this year and early next year. And so I know that um, obviously listening to you, is costs some money, right? And you don't get any money handed to you from the government or anybody to, you know, for the Olympics. How much does it typically cost, like for this year alone, for you to train What are the dollars involved and and how do you raise the money?
1: We have to fundraise for all our, um, expenses to be fulfilled costs about a hundred grand a year, roughly. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more depends on who you're hiring as a coach and how much training you're doing, how many (laughs) regattas you're doing, kind of where those regattas are could be cheaper venues or more expensive ones. Um yeah, we we host fundraisers, we send letters, we talk to people just trying to raise funds um uh, for our campaign. We also go through foundation, so our 501c3 is set up through the IOIA foundation, which helps a lot. Those tax deductible donations for anyone.
0: And you have a Facebook page, right, Finn, and a website?
2: Yeah, we have a Facebook page and Instagram page and yeah, a website where people can kind of follow what we're doing. Usually we try to post when we're on the road, what we're up to.
0: And that's MelvisRoseSailing.com. All of the information will be on LovingLakeGeneva.com as well. Suzanne, any any advice for the supporters? How can they best help these two get to the Olympics? And, and, be, and again, the Olympics, obviously that's their next goal, but they're 18. They have a long career ahead of them, so... How can people out there who are interested in them and their story support them? Um, Yes. Well,
3: as Harry mentioned, the foundation is the Inland Lake Yachting Association. It is a 501c3 and they handle all the funds and all of the tax implications and all of that. Um, So they've been a huge support. So anyone can Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, or their website. They can also go to ilya.org to donate or, you know, get any other information that they put out about the boys. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that the community has been so supportive of these two. And as we mentioned, there are other countries in sailing that heavily fund their athletes, where none of those athletes have to go out and raise any money. And the U.S. just does not have that. So we are so grateful and so overwhelmed by how generous and supportive people have been because they absolutely could not have done this without that support. So we're super grateful for that. And I know the boys are. Um, so, yeah, it's the Iowa.org. And
0: that's, you know, the method that we use to handle all that. And I think people are so supportive, not just because of their skills and how athletic and, you know, the fact that they're on their way to the Olympics, but just because of the type of people that they are. Um, and hopefully you are getting a taste of that today during this podcast. But every time I get to hear these boys speak, um, it, it's really incredible just Uh, the type of of modesty and maturity that you see in them so lastly let's talk about finn how do you feel your chances are who's your biggest competitor
2: so right now there's five boats competing to go to the to get the u.s spot to go to the olympics for to compete for the u.s and right now it's it's each event in this past european tour has just has been crazy like The best boat will do, or the boat that will get first in the first event will get like last or second to last out of the US boats. In the next event, it's so up and down between anyone. It's anyone's game right now.
0: And what's the age difference between you and the other teams on the US family?
2: So the oldest kid, I believe, is 28 that is on, on one of the boats. And then his crew, I believe, is 27. And then the rest of them are all like. 24,
0: 25. So you're the youngest by yeah. far. Yeah. And Harry, if you make it to the Olympics, who, what country do you feel will be your biggest competitor?
1: I think uh, New Zealand will probably be the biggest competitor. I think they're gunning to win another gold medal in the 49er class, which at this point in time, I can see them doing it pretty easily.
0: Well, we're all rooting for Melgus row here. And you've been all around the world, right? What would you say is your favorite country or city or place to be after being in all the different places you've been? Ari, we'll start with you.
1: Um, boy, I, liked, uh, I liked Palma de Marca the best. I think the island off the coast of Spain was really cool. I don't know if Spain is that cool, but the Palma de Marca was really awesome.
0: How about you, Finn?
2: Um, I'd have to agree with him on that one, too. And then, obviously, here in Lake Geneva, too.
0: Of course, Lake yeah, Geneva. of course. Right. That's a given, right? <laughs> well, best of luck to you. We are all rooting for you here, and uh, your fan base is expanding by the minute, and we'll be watching you and rooting you on, so... Go Melgus Row. High five, guys. High five. High five. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I know you're dying to get out on the water.
1: Thank you for having us.